0: All right, so I'm really, really happy and honored to um, teach with you today. Uh, I haven't done it in a long, in a long time. I let uh, Brianna and Austin teach in my place back in summer. Who, who heard that? That was awesome. And if you haven't, go back and listen to it. It was really good. I told Austin yesterday it's still blessing me and still, I'm still going back to it. And it's become some, a ritual of mine going and looking at the eyes of Jesus every time that I go into my quiet time. Um, All right, guys, so um, let's pray before I start. Um, Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in this church. Thank you so much for this time. I ask you that you guide me today, that you guide my words, you guide uh, my thoughts, and uh, you help us understand what you have ready for us. The presence just comes here today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So we've been going on this new series. If you haven't noticed, we're going after the legacy of heaven, which is one of our last core values. We have the privilege of leaving a legacy of heaven coming to earth to the next generation. This is very, very, very awesome. It's. I think um, this message has been brewing in my heart for four months before Alex actually chose this. Alex chose it. Like, what, what was it, uh, Jake? Like. A month ago or a month and a half ago? And uh, so I, I really believe the Lord is, is working on, on something really, really cool for, the, for leaving a legacy for this church. So this message, I want to dedicate it to the children's children of my children. So three generations. There we go. Um, I have a charge, honestly. It, it's, it's what it is today. It's a charge. Uh, we need something that holds us firm right now. Whatever we believe in will determine what we build and what we leave behind. So whatever we believe in will determine what we build and what we leave behind. A few months ago, I was on my patio with some friends of mine and we were just uh, chilling and chatting and having some fun. And um, you know, in this time, it's normal that the conversation goes into politics, uh, mainly all the time. And uh, so we were in the middle of talking about that fun stuff, and we got to the education part, and I started stressing out about education uh, for Leon. I've never had to thought about education before. I didn't care that much. Uh, but this time I did. This time I was concerned. I was like, what are we going to do? I, I, and then they started, my friends started saying, talking about how people are leaving to other states. I don't know if you guys have heard that. And then I was like, getting stressed about that. I was like, oh my God, are the housing... How's market better over there? What are we going to do? And, like, thinking really, really fast and getting st- stressed. But suddenly, like, I just felt the Lord reminded me of, of the story of this church. Like, I just felt, he, like, my thoughts were going wild, and suddenly it stopped. And and, and he started to remind me how did all, all of this started. How, how six years ago, when... Um, when Lorna and I moved to, to Portland, that's not when this started, but that's when, for me, it started. Uh, we didn't know anyone. We were in the middle of downtown Portland, the Pearl. I don't know why I rented in the Pearl, we didn't have a, I didn't have a job, but hey, the Pearl, awesome, let's go there. <laughs> no Ramsay by that time, and uh, Lorna didn't have control of finances, so we didn't have money. And uh, <laughs> Now she does. <laughs> She's the one that keeps us in line. Um, thank God. And, um, so, I didn't have a job because I couldn't have a job. I was just an, an early immigrant, so when you get here, you get to wait some time to get your paperwork done, and uh, it's a lovely time. It's just for reading, for men, like, <laughs> meditating in a word. It was very stressful. It was horrible. <laughs> but <laughs> I walked all the streets of Portland all around all the time, praying for, honestly, for friends. And praying for revival. That was what I was going to do. I was like, well, if I have nothing else to do, I'm just going to dedicate my mornings to walking around and and, uh, praying for Portland. And um, we finally joined a church after church hopping for a while. And we joined um, a community group. And in that community group, I met Waza and I met Austin. And uh, back then, they weren't that handsome. And they didn't have wives. They were single. (laughs) And... uh, we started just teaching, like Lorna and I, we just got involved with that community group and we just started teaching them what we believed in, which in, in that time was, there weren't many people believing in the same thing, which was that heaven could come to earth. That was, the the understanding was more like, hey, let's, let's just do day by day, let's do our work and one day we will go to heaven. It wasn't so much like, let's see it now, right? And um, so... I would start teaching in, in that community group, a small like wasza would be the one leading worship. That's awesome, that you just let worship right now. And then I don't know. It's, it, it, it was just for five people back then. And then I would teach, and I would teach on how to become a saint and how you're already a saint, and he paid for everything, right? Uh, something that we already taught quite a bit here. And people would get pissed, offended. You guys must think that uh, all my teachings offend someone, but well, it's only happened three times that I know <laughs> off and um and <laughs> literally they would like stand up and leave, but I also started meeting with alex and i in and, in and, and in the meetings with him, one day like I remember he, we were sitting in an office, and he gave me this book, and it was the book called the Unap- Unapologetic." Uh, church i believe it was the most apologetic book that i've read it was very like yeah saying a lot of i'm sorry for being the church and uh, um and then i told alex i don't agree with this book at all i i'm not struggling with my flesh anymore Like, he paid for it, so I'm in victory. I'm actually not making it up. I'm I'm not struggling with it. I'm not fighting it every day because he already took care of it. Because if if it was to be done later on, it would be death who is my Savior, not Jesus who is my Savior. So, And and he stared at me and he said, well, that's not my experience. Like, he said that right there. But then this guy, instead of getting offended, he just got into it, got the word and he became like a fire starter in everything that he did. In every group that he did, he would go and teach and share how God was doing, what was God doing in his heart and how he was changing everything around him. And I, like we, he had young adult groups and he had the, um, the other group. What was the other group? High the high schoolers. They all went on fire. Everyone was prophesying because of Alex, because of what he was sharing in his heart. And then we had other community groups that started catching it on. And, and, and this little movement started to, to, to happen, and people started to, like, you would go to the seven o'clock at Bridgetown, and you would see people moving around prophesying in, in, in the middle of, of the teaching. That wasn't normal. That happened, like, a year later of, of this, like, fire that started happening, and um, people would pray for the sick. People's theology was being transformed. They weren't feeling like they were afraid of appro- approaching the Father. They, were feel- they felt like they were welcoming, and Something for me that, that was happening is that uh, Alex assigned me the ministry of um, taking people on tours of Portland. Uh, like, I was the day events guy. Um, like, I would assign someone like uh, Andrew to do that, because it would be hikes. I, I Think of me like the Mexican that doesn't know anything about the Pacific Northwest. You're the hike guy. So I would go on hikes. Basically, I would ask my friends to come over, and let's go on a hike, and I would just like, nothing much would happen, but I would just talk to the people that would come and challenge whatever they were thinking. It was very tough for them, <laughs> because I would just, like, ask them, okay, well, what, is your, what do you think God is? Is he good or is he, is he bad? Where, where miracles are there for now or for later? So that was my conversations that I would have, and uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't stop talking about it, because I just felt like every opportunity was, like, I wanted to get a hold of their heart, and then... But then a retreat happened. You guys have heard of this retreat. Alex actually has shown a picture of it. And um, all of the people that have a have relationship from the beginning in the church know about this retreat. We were on a lake called the Devil's Lake. We were staying there. You know retreats, Christian retreats. Massive house. Um, everyone's sleeping in different rooms. and um, I don't know. It's, it's all about being in pajamas. It's, it's smelly, weird rooms. And, but... But um, that time, um, Wasa was playing in the morning, I think it was you, and like 7 a.m., so it was Wasa and Alex in the the floor, and it just felt like the presence started falling on that place. Like, I've never felt it like that. It, It just felt like a weight, and there was no emotionalism. No one was excited. It wasn't... No one was hyping it up. It was just that you felt something was in the room, and you just felt this holiness coming. And uh, people started waking up. We were like 20 or 25 people, and they just, you just, everyone, we stayed there. It was a young adult event, and you would know, young adults want to eat. We stayed there for three or four hours. We, we wouldn't stop because of how it felt, like how the presence was, was so thick and tangible in that moment. Um, so many people changed from that time. Uh, I have a friend, uh, Ben Paul, that when he went, he had never experienced anything like that. And after that, he was like one of the like, craziest firecrackers that we had in our, in, in our team. He would be praying for the sick all the time. He would be prophesying all the time. Now he's in an opera room in the ministry school. And uh, so that happened from there. From, it launched him. Then from there, we launched the worship nights and we started these worship nights on a friday night for young adults in portland in downtown portland friday nights we had no food nothing we just had a guitar someone would worship which was was a <laughs> and then i would teach or, or and then we had a whole team doing prayer team and prophesying and and uh jake you were there it was it was all about just uh bringing the presents, and people, like hundreds, would come. And then Alex asked asked us, all the team, all all those teams that were ignited, let's launch something in Newburgh, let's start something in Newburgh. And we came, and as Linda just explained, uh, three years ago in the armory, we were just there, and it was just about bringing the presents now here, right? And that's the heritage, that's the testimony of what happened. But I believe that the Lord was reminding me of this story while I was talking to my friends because he was saying, what I did there, what I've done now with this church, I want to keep on doing it, and it's not going to scare you away because I've done it before. So the testimony is that it keeps on happening. I don't want you guys to keep on starting churches. That's not my point. My point is that you start something in the middle of where you're at, and you change that environment, and you just don't get satisfied with whatever the circumstances that you have. Because now we have, back then it was a few. Now we have hundreds, hundreds of you guys that be, that believe that Jesus can change everything around you. So if he did it in, in, in Portland, he can definitely do it even further here. Um, I believe that that's what we do. What we do. That's why I came here. That because I want to leave a legacy for my children. I'm not gonna run away. That's not what I'm gonna do. That's not what my heart is. My heart is to actually be a thermostat that changes the atmosphere around us. I don't wanna just tell, me, tell, tell you what the weather is. Let's change that weather. All right, so I actually brought slides. If we, yeah, I know, man, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's great. God is doing something in me. Uh, again, this is the phrase that I started with, and I want to highlight it again. We need something that holds us firm. Whatever we live in will determine what we build and what we leave behind. So how do we do this? How are we going to leave a legacy? Um, Tozer, I have a quote from Tozer, A.W. Tozer, uh, says, All the problems of heaven and earth, though they were to confront us together and at once, would be nothing compared with the overwhelming problem of God, that he is, what he's like, and what we as moral beings must do about him. So let's try to go for this answer, shall we? Let's go and answer Tozer's question. So can you guys open your Bible in John 14, please? Let's go first to who he is. Because if you notice in this, in this quote, it says, the problem starts with who he is, right? We want to figure out that one. All right, when you get to John 14, I'm going to start looking at you guys like nodding. Yeah, we're good? All right. So it says, John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, what do I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we go? How can we know the way? So in this chapter, Jesus is leaving like Commend, like he's commending his disciples. He's leaving them a, a final words because he, it's, it's the moment where he's starting to leave. And as you can see, Thomas is very nervous about this. He's like, hey, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? So I believe that Thomas is expressing a lot of uh, the way of we tend to feel up through life, right? We want to know what is the right way. We want to know the clear instruction of how to follow Because we want to make sure that we can control it, right? We want to, hey, give me the instructions. What is the way? Uh, I'll figure it out. I'll write it down. And uh, just like me with Leon's education, I want to make sure that I know the exact way that he's going to be prosperous and do really well, and I'm not going to get him in trouble, right? So, but thank God, Jesus actually gives an answer. And here it is. In John John 14, 6, it says, Jesus answered, I am the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. How crazy is this verse, right? Like the guy was asking, Hey, I don't know the way, I am the way. Imagine, imagine a person, imagine a teacher a teacher that you've been following, a prophet that you've been following. He's healing people. He's doing amazing miracles. And suddenly he, he tells you, hey, you'll know the way of how to get to the Father. You'll be fine. And, and he's talking about himself. But, and then he says, I am that way. I am the way. The truth and life. Wouldn't you think that he's crazy? The teacher lost it. Because he takes, the, he takes the option away from considering Jesus just a teacher. Right there. You can no longer consider him just a teacher or a prophet. Because if, if he just said what he said and it's true, he's either a crazy man or he actually is the way and truth and life. I got another slide. There it is. So the way is a person. The truth is it's a person, and life is a person. So this is a cornerstone, a cornerstone verse, right? It's, it's a verse where we can land and say, okay, this is a foundational verse. And it's simple. It's, it, we, we, like I've tried. Like I, I've, been, I've been digging into this, into this chapter for four months, and I tried to go into it. And, it's, and if you try to go too deep, you're going to miss it. But it's just very simple you need an encounter with him that's it you need a constant encounter with Jesus that's what he's inviting you to that's how you meet a person face to face so when we believe this what happens we receive the power to go to the father and that will be and and, and to know the truth and we will receive life abundantly do we believe this do we believe what he just said? Okay, second slide. Oh, no, no, it's not second slide. Sorry, here's my point of second <laughs> to answer to Tozer. We answered one question from Tozer. Now let's go to the second one, which is, how is he? In um, verse 8, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. He's asking for proof. Because just imagine the biggest statement that, I, that we just talked about, he wants to know the, hey, prove this to us. What you just said, we need proof. So Jesus answers. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has, has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, shows the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me Who is doing his work, believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. What is he saying right here? A lot of I am in the Father, right? So you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. How is God? That's the question that Tozer was asking. He's like, Jesus, that's it. Don't complicate it more. And what are we to do? He answered that, right? Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. If Jesus wasn't the one saying this verse, if it was anyone else saying this, it would be um, considered heresy to say that you could do greater things than Jesus. And then in 13, he says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Since you are his sons and daughters, in any situation you encounter, you represent the Father, just like he did. Now we can go to our, my fifth slide. It's, uh, yes, that's, that's it. So, he answers the question, who he is. Who he is, the way. He's the way. Jesus is the way. How is he? The Father is like Jesus. And we are to do greater things. Right? That's it. Sorry for the grammar. But that's the point. That's the point that Tozer was asking. But what is the challenge? Right? You're saying, okay, I'm learning, I know all these things. This is very simple. We've already understood this. If we believe that, that will be, we will be fine. But what is the challenge then? It is believing. Believing that Jesus is who he says he is, the way, the only way. Also, believing that Jesus represents the Father, since that positions us in a place of responsibility and authority, right? If we understand that he represents the Father, then it puts us, puts us on a place of, like, I can actually do something about where I'm at. Wow. Believing that the world has no authority over you, it's another thing that we need to understand, right? Because you have the authority over the circumstances. All right, let's look at the last challenge on on, on verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, I live, with, I live you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord... Why do you tend to show yourself to us and not to the world? He's concerned about being at odds with the world. This is fear, fear of men. And same as before, Jesus answers this. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to my Father who sent me. So, Three things came up with the disciples in this, in, in this chapter. This is what I picked up. Three things came up, and I believe that it shows us what we as believers get challenged with when we're trying to walk these truths that Jesus is portraying, right? On my sixth slide, there we are. The three challenges, performance, unbelief, and fear. Those are the three things that you notice in this, that the, the disciples actually brought up. I'm just getting it from there, from the, from, from the text. So where did I get the performance from? From the beginning. Thomas said, hey, show me the way. I'll write it down. Don't worry. I'll put it down, let it out for everyone, and we'll know the way. Right? He wants to figure it out on his own. How do you deal with performance? Do you believe that Jesus made the way since he's the way? He's the way, and it's a person, so you have to encounter the person. How do you deal, now the second one, it's Philip. How do you deal with unbelief? How do you deal with unbelief? Because he doesn't believe. He wants proof. You just said that you're the way. I want proof that you're in the Father. So what, how do you, do? basically you receive what has been given to you. Because that's what Jesus answered to him. He said, hey, actually, how can you not understand what I'm saying? Because I've been in front of you for so long. Did you not receive me? Like, I, I, I'm already been giving you all this proof. Can you receive it? That's a word. Yeah. So that's how you change your heart posture, because you start receiving that. Thank you, Jake. I love you, man. I really do. <laughs> yeah, here's, it, I love teaching in this place, because before I teach, I get like two words, and then I affirmation and prayer over it's like, I can understand, and testimonies. I, I can understand why Alex loves it so much, and he's always encouraged. That's pretty cool. And then lastly, now I lost it, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so how do we believe we're thankful for what we have and we ask for more for the Father, right? Because he's saying, he also says, ask me more. If you don't believe me right now that I'm in the Father, you'll believe the works. What are the works? The miracles. Do more. Go and ask them and see, and see the proof. Get the evidence, wow. right? And then you're leaving a legacy, so how do you deal with fear, which is the last one, right, that we see there? Because there, there, there's the last one with Judah saying, hey, I'm afraid of being at odds with the world. I don't, why are you going to show it to us and not to the world? We're going to be at odds. I don't like that. We don't like that. We don't like to be the ones that are not like loved and famous. And we, we want to be loved. But then Jesus responds. What you're going to do is you're going to focus on in loving everyone, and obeying my commands. That's it. Trust in the Holy Spirit, not in the world. Let's, let, uh, let me give you an example. An indication of revival would not come from Fox News or CNN. So, it's interesting if you read any story of a revival starting, it's never, it never tells you what the government was doing. It never tells you, hey, the government was actually doing this, mandating this, or stating this. The story always starts with a few that believed. Back to the story of talking to my friends outside in the patio. uh, The Lord reminded me that it was about believing. That's how we started this church. That's how we started this movement. We believed on who he said he was and what he could do. And then we started doing it. We, we just, it just flows out of it. It's not, it's not a performance. It's just I believe that I have the authority to change whatever comes my way. Yeah. We're created to glorify Jesus when we ask for things. And this makes me think, am I asking for the right things? Am I daring to go for the impossible? So let's ask ourselves. Right now ask yourself, can I renew my, my mind to change the environment that I'm in? Can I take the land that I have been called to take? We are the ones that are supposed to be taking the the, the gates of hell. Not the other way around. We're releasing the captives. We need to know that we are the thermostats, not the thermometers. Most of the time, we're talking about what's happening on the weather and not what actually we're going to do about changing that. on. On my last slide... Back to John 14, um, it says on the top, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. So what are we going to do? We're going to believe that Jesus is the way, his perfect theology, believe that he represents the Father, and you will do greater things, and then love him and stand in his commandments, regardless of the world. The world doesn't, doesn't have it down and doesn't recognize the Holy Spirit, you do. Lastly, I want to mention one last testimony that I'm so passionate about uh, from this church. It's called Saint's Grill. This Connor decided to go to a skate park and change the atmosphere on that skate park. As a result of that, whenever we have baptisms, we have a Connor section where it's Connor... (laughs) baptizing whoever came from this this ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we stand, please? Thanks for listening. If we can do anything to help you, or if you want to stay in the loop with what is going on in and around the church, you can follow us on Instagram, Download the Saints Hill app in the App Store or visit our website.